Hello and welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul, my co-host Justin Baker, and as uh, you know, you are a Red Wings fan, and here we go. Tyler Bertuzzi has the week of his life when the games finally mean something, because the more you win, the less chance you have of getting a really good player at the draft. Good for them. And here we go. <laughs> the Red Wings finally winning games when all it is doing is hurting them. Jeez. I, you know, it's funny. I was just, just telling Mark for our listeners. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys caught the tweet we, that we put out, but the top line for the Wings, Bertuzzi, Larkin, Mantha, 30 points in the last five games. Yeah, that's phenomenal. ridiculous. That's phenomenal. And against teams like Boston, you know, they, they actually, it was very, very entertaining to watch Detroit against Boston. Uh, Wachowski, actually, he's, you know, people love him in Detroit when he starts fighting and beating people around, which is just weird that it's not the NHL's game anymore, but yet Detroit still clings to some of those players. But um, yeah, and it's funny because they never really played. They haven't played like that. Like when that's the mid 90s. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. But I mean, regardless, it's, it's it's great to see them have some effort and show some, you know, some spunk. Don't choke there. Uh, but like, why? I would be playing, like, I would be playing your your bottom line guys as much as possible to get them more experience. Um, you know, get them more ice time. So you do. Lose. I mean, I guess Tyler Bertuzzi would be in that camp, though. You know, he's getting great experience. He's still a top six guy for the Wings, though. But. Here's the problem. You know, I've always you hear people say things like. Well, you know, this time of year, you don't necessarily, you know, here's where these guys are getting their opportunity. Post-trade deadline, everybody's here. Most of these guys are going to be here next year. And so let's see what you're made of. Problem is these games mean nothing. And so, you know, you're going in and you're playing Boston. Great. What's Boston playing for? Maybe, maybe the Leafs could overtake Boston for home ice. At this point, Boston Slim. needs to win one of their last three games. Uh, actually, they need th- if if the Leafs were to win their last three, Carolina, Tampa Bay, and Montreal. So Carolina, and Montreal, all fighting for playoffs. I'm gonna say it's unlikely they win all three of those. But if they did win all three, Boston would need three points to secure home ice. So it is still possible. After everything that's happened, it is still possible that they could get home ice. Um, but unlikely. It's unlikely. To it me. is. So at this point, you're Boston. You're not really playing for a whole lot. And so I, I think your guard is maybe down a little bit. And, you, you know, it's it's just. No, most of those teams at this point of the year, they're trying to figure out their lineups to be ready for the playoffs so they can get guys, you know, a, you know, a few shifts together and be like, OK, yep. cool. Develop some chemistry because sure. come playoff time, this is who you're playing with. Yeah, we know. The Leafs are playing Boston. It's that is what's happening. There is like a, you know, game. It could. Again, there is a. Uh, you know, looking at, I don't know what it is statistically, but when I consider what are the chances of Boston losing two of three and and not getting a single point in overtime or anything in those and the Leafs winning all three games, that's a uh, 2% chance. I, I mean, actually, technically, you know, Boston could lose all their games and the Leafs just win two and they win the, they, they get home. That's true. But what are the chances, again, of Boston losing all three games? They are playing Columbus next. Columbus is on a tear. You know? Bobrovsky is on a tear. Yes, and I'll say this. I'll say this. For a star of the week. The, yes. only, the only reason why Tyler Bertuzzi wasn't the first star of the freaking <laughs> week. Uh, you know, we've definitely seen a Bertuzzi be the star of the week, but not Tyler. Ooh. Uh, 
you said it on the last show that you you thought that Montreal would ultimately miss the playoffs. I did. Since then, I, I've come into your camp. I, I, I do think that... Uh, I don't necessarily think Montreal is going to miss the playoffs. I, I'm not sure uh, there, but I, I am pretty confident that Columbus is, is going to make their way in. And I want them to. And here's why. That game, Montreal and Columbus... I don't know if you got a chance to catch it. I think I was texting pieces. you a little bit. Yeah, in it. I watched pieces of it. And it made me want Columbus in the playoffs because they looked so much more entertaining than the Montreal Canadiens, which, which I think we know in our heads. You know, Columbus has more talent, just natural, pure skill than the Montreal Canadiens. The Canadiens have done what they've done through a system game and, and everybody contributing. Uh, and, you know, now they're without Paul Byron for who knows how long. And uh, that's a whole that's a whole discussion that we could get into, uh, but I don't really want to <laughs> him fighting Mackenzie Weger. Uh, but Columbus looked good, yeah. And and I want to see them play. The, see, I'm just hoping that they play Tampa instead of Washington. I Ooh. really want to see them play Tampa. Ooh. And uh, and I mean that's that would be the the most difficult first round draw for Tampa. I still think Carolina would. I, I don't know necessarily if Carolina would be more difficult than Columbus, but I think it would just be as entertaining from a viewership standpoint. And I think either team could really go on a tear offensively against Tampa. Now, and, and again, this is all dependent on, you know, Victor Hedman's health. But when I, when I look at, okay, for instance, Montreal, right? You talk about the, the sexier team in the playoffs, right? It, it makes me think of the Colorado-Arizona battle for that last wildcard spot right now too, right? Arizona would be great to have in there, but... It's just more fun, more entertaining right. to have McKinnon and Brenton in there. So, yeah, same exact ordeal. But, I mean, Columbus on paper would look like the harder matchup for Tampa Bay. So, yeah. I mean, there's no promises that Carolina makes the playoffs. No, not not right now. They're only a point up with three games left. So, I we'll mean, see. I mean, I don't, like Montreal does have to play Tampa, and Tampa Bay's going for the record. They did win game number 60. They did. They are now tied for the second most wins in the history of the league. Third with three games ever left to do to it. Yep. And so we'll see if Tampa can jump in uh, and beat that record. I mean, I guess I guess that's got to be on your mind when you're playing. But now you're without Hedman. You know, that last game of the season, are you going to see maybe Stamkos take a seat? Will you see... Louis Domingue in that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's... that's. I mean, you are going to see Louis Domingue in that. I think probably the likely scenario, because of when the playoffs start, they start on the 10th that Wednesday, and... Uh, certain teams, I, I think, know which day, Wednesday or Thursday, when they're going to start. But the last game of the regular season is what Saturday or Sunday mm-hmm. for for most teams. And so I'm not, I'm not sure Tampa Bay their last exactly the last game. We can look that up. But uh, you don't necessarily want your goalie. You know, let's say we're just going to take a look at the Tampa Bay Lightning schedule because that's you know a far better thing to do. Okay, so they they play a Thursday, April fourth, uh, for their second to last game. So that means that if if he plays against Toronto, you know, if if, or if uh, Vasilevsky plays against Toronto, then you're giving him six days off in between games. I don't know if that's what you want. That's true. That's a long. That's a long time. Like in in hockey standards, that's a long time to take a rest, especially if you know you go into this series and you are hoping for maybe a quick a quick out five games. You maybe don't want to be rusty coming into yeah. it, especially considering whoever they play is playing playoff hockey right now. And Tampa Bay isn't. They're not having to. 
So that can make a big difference down the stretch. You know, you sometimes you see game one, the lower seed surprise the top seed because the top seed hasn't had to really play balls out for a month. Well, Tampa's got Toronto on Thursday, at Toronto, mind you, and then at, at Boston, Boston. Yeah. on Saturday. So uh, two teams that I, I, it depends. With Boston now, it could be a little bit different because depending on, you know, if they have a good enough cushion against Toronto where they don't have to win, you know, if they pretty much locked up right. that home ice, they might play some younger guys. You know, you're going to see, um, you know, regardless who you see in that, it's still going to be a challenge for, you know, anybody. It's just not going to be a bad goaltender for Boston, but um, it'll be interesting to see. They might just play Charlie Coyle and Bacchus 20 minutes and then... Yeah, but let's... So. I mean, let's... let's If the Bruins go and they, they lose to Columbus tonight, we're, just, we're recording this on uh, on a Tuesday, April 2nd. So if they go in and they lose tonight and then suddenly they play, uh, you know, and then they lose their next game, they're playing Tampa, Toronto wins a game and that game all of a sudden is for home ice. That's, uh, that's a hell of a... A final game. Oh, for sure. Go for home ice. Especially, it would be great if Tampa like was tied at sixty-two wins, right? And now you've got them both playing for something really meaningful. Right. right. I mean, great. I mean, I'll be honest. Yes, yeah, so the goal is absolutely the Stanley Cup. That Red Wings team now, well seen as like a disappointing year because they didn't win the cup. Swept New Jersey. Get out of here. No, no, that wasn't that year. That was I'm the year sorry, before. Colorado. Right, right, right. They weren't swept by Colorado though. No, they lost in the conference finals, but still lost in seven. So, I mean, it was and and that that was another that was an equally great team, I'd say. Right. But when you but you still remember that team, like people still remember the 62 win team. I don't remember the like, oh, six Carolina Hurricanes as much as I would say I remember the 62 win team for Detroit. No one else has 62 wins. There's 100 other teams that have won the Stanley Cup. No one else has 62 wins. Yeah. If you can become that leader of 63 wins, that is, even if you don't win the cup, that's still an incredible year. I even think it's 60 wins. We're going to remember this team for a long time because like I, like we mentioned earlier, there's only three teams to ever hit 60. So right. that'll yep. be something just yep. tip right. your cap to Montreal, right Detroit, and then Tampa Bay, which one is not like the other. <laughs> uh, so you still you're still sticking with Columbus and Carolina. They, they're the two that make it in there. I am. I you know what I it it pretty much comes down to to offense, right? And I think you know no Paul Byron in Montreal. I think C, CP31 might be you know might might steal a game for them, but you know he's not going to be able to do it on his own. And I I don't think they've got enough offensive firepower the way Carolina's playing right now, the way Columbus is playing right now. I, I don't know if they've got enough in the tank to really do it. Islanders, Pittsburgh, who do you think uh, ends up with home ice there? That'll be a great series regardless. I that I mean, that series has echoes back to the like early 90s when the Islanders played the Penguins. Yes. And the Islanders beat them in like a, what is it? It's like triple overtime. It's, I think it's going to be a great series because it's a team that the Islanders, no matter what, if they have home ice or not, they are going to be the underdogs. They've been the underdogs yeah. all year. Barry Trotz has them believing that they are the underdogs, and they have and to play a certain way. Trotz is quite familiar with Pittsburgh too. Let's not forget that. Yes, very a lot true. of runs in. Very a lot true. of runs. Um, I think a Pittsburgh, lot of runs. A lot of runs. Yeah, He's got Pittsburgh. Runs I, and runs. I think probably ends up with home ice. I think they want that home ice. They've got to play Detroit at a, in a home and home here. I, I think Detroit for for all the good intentions they've had to win. I just don't think they've they're really going to beat out Pittsburgh because I think Pittsburgh wants home ice right now. Yeah. I think the Islanders just look... Goaltending yeah. has been huge for Pittsburgh. They've mm-hmm. actually been getting some. For once. 
it's uh yeah i mean it's really for the first time all year they're getting some some great goaltending and so yeah. and as inconsistent as all that's been for pittsburgh throughout the year um you know we've seen them out we've seen them fighting for a wild card and now they're fighting for home ice here in the first round i think now is the time for them to get consistent and get consistently good hockey from every area you know defense forwards the goaltending which would be great for them to roll into the playoffs with yeah even jack johnson doesn't look horrible no not really oh all right well uh, yeah the eastern conference will be fun it, to me here's here's the matchups for uh for the play this is this is at this point with three games left i'm confident that tampa bay will be the one seed confident and washington also will uh they'll with two games left they need one one point here i think well they need like a win uh which i i think they'll get i don't know if they'll beat montreal because that's a big game montreal really needs it but i think a washington will win that home ice and I think that Washington probably ends up playing Columbus in the first round. As much as I'd like Tampa Bay to take them, I think it's a rematch of last year's first round. And then you're going to go Tampa and Carolina. And you've got Boston, Toronto. And then the I, I do think that the Penguins are going to come back, overtake the Islanders, and take home ice. Uh, but it's going to be a fun, fun series. And that, that'll be your, your first round. That's, I think, pretty... Pretty likely. Montreal could get in, and then Montreal plays Tampa Bay. That's that's really the only difference there that, that could be. And then it's like New Jersey and Tampa from last year, basically. Right. It's right. a wash. Now, the difference, though, is that Gary Price, I mean... That's true. When the, game, when the games are big, he can show up. And so, I think when I consider would I rather play Carolina or Montreal, I think I'd rather play Carolina. As, as good as Carolina can be, they don't have the same level of depth and their goaltending, as good as it's been, doesn't sure. scare me. It doesn't scare me. No, no, I, I would absolutely agree with that. I, I think, you know, like we talked about in the last show, Mrazek has had playoff success before in terms of just good yeah. goaltending. He's played well, but he hasn't yeah. really no. I mean, he hasn't like, series. No, 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 no. But, I mean, again, he's played well. McElhaney, like, zero experience there in the playoffs. So, um, again, like you said, Carey Price versus either one of those two. Uh, even on Carey Price on an average day, I would still probably take Is McElhaney the new Craig Anderson? The new Craig Anderson. Right, like Craig Anderson kind of, I mean, it was maybe a little bit sort of like a Tim Thomas where he's a little go. older, already in his 30s, and kind of, hey, he's a, he's a start. Like, he can be a good starter for you. Maybe not like a, a, a start 65 games a year, but start 45, 50 games a year, and maybe he's a decent starter. Maybe he gets he's a, a shot. He's a Band-Aid. He, yes, but he might get a shot next year to be a starter somewhere. I, Fill I it think up, Carolina or, would probably keep him. Why wouldn't you try to yeah, sign this guy yeah, for another year? Yeah, I agree. Uh, okay, well, let's... Uh, We'll scoot on over to the Western Conference, the West, where it has become a little a little less obvious as to what's going to happen here because the St. Louis Blues can't lose, and the the Predators and the Winnipeg Jets just don't seem to want to secure anything. I mean, I'm surprised with three games left to go that there are, none of these teams have 100 points yet. That's pretty surprising. You know, we've seen teams squeak into the playoffs with like 94 points. There's actually, I I wonder, you know, when all when all is said and done, you know, we've seen teams miss the playoffs at like 95 points before. And this this year, I mean, you, you might make the playoffs with 90 points in the West. Rough. It, you could, you could, there is a, like it's, it's Colorado could end up making the playoffs with 89 points. I, th- I think that might be the lowest amount of points a team has 
since they changed the way that that everything works in the standings with the the shootout and all that, I think that might be the lowest amount of points that a team's ever gotten to make the playoffs. It could. I- we we need to check on that. We'll find yeah. out. We'll find out and we'll tweet it later. But or or if you can figure that out for us, tweet us at OT Hockey Talk. Uh, I think regardless, when you when you talk about teams that haven't hit 100 points like Winnipeg and Nashville, right, as bad as the rest of the West has been with teams like, you know, Chicago, Vancouver, Edmonton, these teams in the West have had opportunities to capitalize on some some wins where they just haven't. And so now they're, like, like we said, a team like St. Louis is just coming out of nowhere and might actually steal first place. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I know. And that's St. Louis might have... First, like it might have home ice advantage until the conference finals. They were at the bottom of the West. Pretty darn close to it. Pretty darn close. Were they at the very bottom? They were at the very bottom. And now they—that's impressive. (sighs) It's one thing to to battle back and to like squeak into that wild card. It's a whole other thing to battle back and all of a sudden you're the best team in a division. Right. That's that. And and a a division that we deemed the best division in hockey. Right. In the NHL. I mean, we said could have five playoff teams. Right. And it looks like they will. Yeah. Colorado's in the central. They are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Arizona will be there. Arizona's soon too. about to be in the central. So yeah, we're uh, you know we're you're looking at basically the entire <laughs> division outside. And and I mean, really, when you consider it, the bottom four teams in the West are all in the Pacific Division. Terrible. Absolutely god awful. Um, when uh, you know, obviously, we know Calgary has clinched the West, and so the Calgary Flames will play likely the Colorado Avalanche. Is uh, you know where where it's looking. I don't think that at this point Arizona makes the playoffs. I just think those, even though those two points seem like nothing, I I just don't. You know, Colorado they they get to play Edmonton tonight, so obviously that could that could open up uh, if if they were to to lose that game. I guess that opens it up. They'll play Winnipeg and San Jose, so not not easy games to close out the year. But San Jose is locked in where they are. They're not going anywhere, and and then Arizona, man, they they've got to play L.A. L.A., which is easy, but then they play Vegas and Winnipeg. So to me, neither of these teams have a super. Each of them have one easy game: Edmonton, L.A. for both, you know, both of them, and then you've got tough games. And so I don't see Arizona making up those two points, uh, especially since Colorado has uh, what I what would be the tiebreaker. Even though they have they have the same amount of regulation overtime wins, the goals for the the goals for is the next one, yeah, yeah. Or is it the head to head? It's the head to head matchup, isn't it? I I don't know what the what the head to head matchup is between these two teams, and I don't really want to scroll through to find it. So, <laughs> but we can uh, we can find that in a minute. Uh, the I guess I guess really the biggest toss up is what happens in the central because you could have. St. Louis be first, and then Winnipeg, Nashville play each other in the first round instead of the second. That's like the, everybody I mean, thought in the first round. That's that's pretty. That's a ballsy first round because St. even Louis though Calgary's been so good, and even though St. Louis is surging, I think you're still seeing the two best teams in the Western Conference. They might play each other in the first round. Uh, I I might argue at this point. I'm kind of leaning towards Vegas maybe being the best team in the West, but that's just me right okay. now. The All way right. they've been playing, but. Um, in terms of, I guess, the, I mean, the they, teams that everybody picked at the beginning of the year, right? They said it was going to be Nashville or Winnipeg. Basically, the yeah, cup yeah. On, from the West was going to run through through one of those two teams. And 
I mean, don't get me wrong. Winnipeg hasn't really looked like Winnipeg lately. And I was listening to the radio on the way over here, and I can't remember who it was, reporter from Winnipeg. They said the best scenario might actually be for Winnipeg to play Nashville because they ramp it up. They know how to turn it up against Nashville. They played very good against them, and they play their style of hockey. It was a seven-game series. It wasn't an easy series. No, no. Yeah. It, it likely won't be an easy series for them again this time, but Winnipeg will like I think Winnipeg has a greater chance of getting back to their selves playing more like themselves if they did play Nashville first round if you have to go out and play Dallas Dallas actually to me could be in terms of a wild card team either either, either conference I would peg them as the team that I feel could be an upsetter more likely than any other one and if you are Dallas you've got to be cheering for St. Louis cuz I think you want St. Louis Absolutely <laughs> with a healthy Ben Bishop my yeah. gosh yeah you could you could steal that series. Find their way into the next round, and then you know you'd end up playing uh, either either Nashville or Winnipeg. You get that second round matchup instead. Yeah, I mean, as as far as the Pacific goes, I think it's it's pretty it's pretty all locked up. I'm I'm looking forward to a Calgary Colorado first round. I think that that's likely what we're looking at, and that is going to be fast. I think that Colorado is going to be overwhelmed. Uh, ultimately, because I think Calgary Calgary can just score in bunches. They're the highest scoring team in the Western Conference, and there's not there's not many teams that have scored more goals than them. I mean, there's only one, and it's it's Tampa. <laughs> yeah, and Tampa's the only team with a better differential, right, than, than right. them as well. So they know how to keep the pucks out of the net. Yeah, so it'll be. I I, I do think Mike Smith will get the nod. Do you? I do. Wow. I think Mike Smith's going to get the nod for okay. the playoffs. I don't think so, but okay. that's just me. Uh, I just I I just think that experience. You know, you, you talk about it a lot. No, that, and I agree with you. Experience I, plays I do into think it. Mike Smith would be the better choice, but I do think Calgary is going to go with Riddich in the first round. David Riddich, Riddich. Thanks, Luke. <laughs> Our last show. I don't know why is we call them. You know, I bet. Okay, we we both you know we type out notes before the show, and Justin had typed in some potential like goalie battles for the playoffs, and it. You typed David Ritchie. Did I? And I saw it and I just, I just, you know, I I saw it and thought, oh yeah, that's, you know, that's the other Calgary goalie. I know it. Like I've watched him play lots and in my brain it didn't, it was like something feels weird about this Ritchie thing. I mean, there's other, there are players in the NHL, two of them in fact, with the last name Ritchie. So (laughs) it just kind of, I just kind of went with it and I was like, Luke tweeted at my brother, Luke, he's been on the show. He tweeted and said, I think it's hilarious. You guys said David Ritchie 20 times in your podcast and he doesn't exist. I can't believe I didn't notice that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, and we weren't even drunk. Wow. That's sad too. We rarely drink before the show. I don't think we've ever, (laughs) we should try. Uh, Yeah. I mean, which series are you most looking forward to first round in the Western conference? I I think, boy, it's going to be a toss up between if St. Louis, can steal the central right then you get winnipeg nashville and then san jose vegas those two series are going to be so flipping good i just you know for all the people that say that the way that the playoff system kind of screws with a lot of things right i mean we're about to see there's there's a high probability that we are going to see a winnipeg nashville san jose vegas boston toronto and and then you know like a washington columbus first round and some, I would say, I would venture to say that outside of Tampa Bay, those may be all the best teams in the NHL. They might be, yeah. Other, than, other I would, than I like, would swap out Pittsburgh for Columbus, but still, I mean, okay. I didn't, I didn't 
Oh, you think that Pittsburgh is better than Columbus? Yeah, I do. I'm wondering. I, I don't know. I don't know. Pittsburgh has higher end talent. I think but come not playoff as much time. depth. No, no, no. And depth wins in play in the playoffs. And so does goaltending. And Columbus. That's true. I would say at this point has superior goaltending, but Bobrovsky's never been able to put it all together in the playoffs. So we'll see if this is finally the year. Do uh, he's already he's already going to get paid no matter where he goes, but. I do think that if he can finally perform in the playoffs, I think he might make himself an extra million a year. I was about to say, yeah, he might cost himself a million if he doesn't perform well. But regardless, yeah. I I don't know. I think, boy, I, w- I hope for San Jose that Carlson, they get healthy and Martin Jones can find his game a little bit because if, if not, Vegas is going to run all over them real fast, I think. And as far as Nashville, Winnipeg, I, regardless if they're healthy or playing like both teams really can play, it's still going to be a fun series. It's going to be unbelievable. I mean, even if it's even if it's uh, St. Louis and Nashville, that's that's still going to be a good series. It's definitely a tougher pull for Nashville uh, this year as, as opposed to last year. Last year, in the first round, they played Colorado and they just right. kind of ran all over them. So six games. It was a six game yeah. series, but you never were really worried. No, no. it was like, wow, Colorado got off to a fast start. And then, you know, and, and yeah, Colorado won some games. They they were able to surprise them with some speed. I don't suspect that Calgary gets caught off guard by Colorado's speed. This is not going to happen. Nope. And and Calgary, for you know, we, we kind of shuffle them to the side because of the other teams in the West, and they haven't been this good in a while. You know, it's, it's easy to pick the Winnipegs and the Nashvilles because they've been good for several years and we know what to expect when we get them. Calgary's a little more of a wild card. The Calgary is kind of taking over Nashville for having the best defense in the, in the West. They could. They very well could. And, but for me, Calgary, the only thing that scares me is their goaltending. I am worried for Calgary because of their goaltending. Yeah, they can score so many goals. They could. They very, they're like Tampa Bay in the West. So, yeah, very well. Well, uh, I think that's 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 pretty good for for playoff stuff. I want to I want to just get your thoughts on some awards. Some awards here. Now that we are basically at the end, I, I don't think that our awards are going to change based on the last three games of the season. So we're, we won't necessarily do every single one of them, but I, I do want to get your thoughts on a few of them. The Kucherov has been thrown out as the like hands down. No one else is touching him. He's the MVP and no one else. Uh, to me, I think that there's it's worth definitely having the discussion of other players because Kucherov is on he is on the best team in the league. So certainly is he the is he the best player on the best team in the league? Yes. Is that what the trophy is? No. The trophy isn't No, talk about Taylor Hall last year, right? Right. Yeah, right, he, exactly. He's, you know, you're scoring so many of your team's goals. Now it's not I mean, Kucherov still is. You know, Kucherov's still in on uh over 30% of his team's goals. His team scored a ton of goals and hasn't really needed like Tampa Bay without Kucherov is still fantastic. Right. They'd they're, still they're be still, an easy 50 win team. Yeah, oh yeah, they're yeah. still going to they're still going to make the playoffs. They're still going to be a top three team in the in the division. They've got so, three guys with ninety plus points on that team. Right, so right. you cry me a river. And so, how crucial is Kucherov to that team's success as compared to, you know, like a, I mean, to me, Ovechkin is is even more valuable to the Capitals than Kucherov is to Tampa. Now, maybe that's where the award should just be, you know, who's 
who had, I mean, that's, it's the Art Ross trophy. That's why we have the Art Ross trophy. You get the trophy for getting the most points. The most points doesn't mean you're the most valuable player in the league. Yeah. I mean, Connor McDavid certainly didn't win it last year. I, I mean, Sidney Crosby, is, is there a player without Sidney Crosby, the Penguins aren't even in the playoffs? No, like, no chance they're not in the playoffs. No, I do. Sometimes I do get a little upset, though, that you have to be in the playoffs to win the trophy because I feel like, OK, it's it, kind of it's kind of just that. No, it otherwise I, I what was the it. season. It was it was pointless. Right. I, I understand it, um, you know, but like, OK, for instance, last year, right, Connor McDavid, those last few games sure. or last few, you know, couple months where they were pretty much out. He went on a tear. But um, to me, like I look at a guy like Alexander Bar- Barkov, right? Yeah, is he, yeah, but he's playing unreal hockey right now. He's he picked that team up, put him on his back. Same with Patrick Kane, two guys that I think des- deserve to have their name in the conversation. However, they're not making the playoffs, so they're not going to be winning that award. Just kind of there, there has to be to me some place where you go. We gotta draw the line. We gotta draw a line. Now, is it the most valuable player on a playoff team? No, that you're right. That isn't the trophy. It is the most valuable player to your team. Is Connor McDavid the most valuable player on his team? Yes. But even if he wasn't there, they'd still miss the playoffs. So to me, that's where there has to be some sort of, because of this player, we achieved this level of success. Without him, we wouldn't have been in this, play, in this place. And that was absolutely Taylor Hall last year. Without Taylor Hall, the Devils were, well, you can go and look at the standings. They've been without Taylor Hall for some time. Oh, my God. And that's where they sit. That is the difference. It's like a 25-point difference from last year. And Taylor Hall hasn't played like half the year. So, I mean, that's uh, to me, that's, that is what that trophy embodies, is a player that without them, your team is nothing. Okay, fair enough. That's uh, to me. That's Sidney Crosby this year. You make a good argument. Without the Penguins, without the, the well, Penguins. without the Penguins, Sidney Crosby is nothing as well. Yeah, Malkin has not. I mean, Malkin's been okay this year, but like like you said, right? You know, Sidney Crosby's carried that team just like Ovechkin. Maybe has pushed Washington a little bit further than maybe they should have because the rest of the team around them, like you know, Kuznetsov, not playing as hot this year as he was last year. And right, still, still a really good player. Oh, yeah, and still, I think come playoff time, it's it's going to be a different story. I mean, I I think that you could go as far to say that you know you, you look at Ryan O'Reilly in the season that he's having. Oh my with St. Louis, I mean, would St. Louis be where they were without Ryan O'Reilly? No, I think he and Bingington, to me, all year long have been the reason that they've gotten anywhere close to you know snagging this first place in the Central because of those two guys. I mean. Jeez, I, I was listening to a report the other day, and they were talking about O'Reilly, right? Beginning of the year, he didn't want to come in and step on toes, right? So he kept his mouth shut. He just sort of sat back in the locker room and let guys do their thing. And they were they were failing, right? Coach gets fired. They bring in Brube. And now Riley's speaking up, and boom, look what happens. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that I've, I've listened to some things, like some podcasts with Ryan O'Reilly, and he's, he's, uh, he's definitely that, like, all out hard worker like in the off season he's he's trying to find new ways to train and new ways to push his body and you know he like he tries and you know that like you watch his game and you're like that's mm-hmm. a guy who he's got a lot of skill but he tries so much harder than the next guy and so maybe where if he didn't put in the same level of effort he would be a good second line guy but because of his effort level 
He's a he's a really good number one center. Yeah, he wins every phase. Not that he's not like top ten centers in the league, but because of his effort, I mean, he's putting himself in the conversation. I mean, because you could actually you could probably make the argument that he might be a top ten just because the value he brings both defensively and offensively, and the sure. fact that he wins almost every single faceoff he ever takes, which is just insane to me. Um, yeah, but I mean. Jeez, he's, yeah, he's a power play monster too. I mean, twenty points is. in the power play solid. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't think without Ryan O'Reilly, the St. Louis Blues team doesn't turn it around. I would agree. So I I just think that there's there's more to this trophy than the most points, and that's where it's boring to me. You win the most points, that's fine. If you have the most points and you know and you win the Art Ross and you also you're the only reason your team makes the playoffs, okay. But it's just too hard to to gauge. Because Tampa without Kucherov is still fantastic. And so if this was now, if they go and they win the Stanley Cup and Kucherov rips it up in the playoffs too, I say give him the con Smythe because it's only it's one team. You know, you're the MVP of the playoffs for your team when you win in the playoffs, you know? And so that's that's fair. But when it comes to just basically what it is is the best player on playoff teams who without him wouldn't make it, I think it's Sidney Crosby. Okay. Uh, let's go Norris trophy. Norris. You still give it to Victor Hedman because you gave it to Victor Hedman the last time. I did. Um, boy, I think all around, he's still the best defenseman in the league. And I think if I had to pick one defenseman right now to just say, okay, I'm going to build a team around, it would still be him. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Um, Giordano was 27 years old. Would you change your tune? No, 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 I would still take Hedman. I think, um, although, Boy, it's right now. I it's it's coming down to a three-headed race right now. I think it's Burns, Giordano, and Riley right now. I think everybody's going to look at the point totals. Well, I think Hedman is is going to be in there. He will. He'll be in the conversation, and he might edge out Riley for top three. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't see Riley getting in there. No. Um, so it's it's going to be tough. But I, I think given the way Calgary played last year and the way they've turned things around this year, I think Giordano right now is probably one of the biggest reasons for that and he'll he'll get it because of it and then and you look at his numbers and they he's almost a point per game he's plus 39 right almost now 80 points i know and he's he's playing 24 minutes a game so it's not like he's he's one of those guys like tyson berry that only you know logged 21 minutes a game and yet you know still i mean they still have good numbers but um you know it's it's easier to make an argument for a guy who plays a lot of minutes because yeah. you know he's seeing the top lines a lot yes yeah and the norris trophy I think from what it's it, it what it's become is like all right who has the most points, you know? Did you see? Oh gosh, who was it? Oh, it's Drew Doughty talking about Brent Burns. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he said that uh, watch watch him play and you'll see him just cough the puck up three times a game. He's right? Like, he's not a Norris Trophy guy. Loved it. Shouldn't Loved it. Be. And, and that's, that's why you can make the argument too that you need like a best defensive defenseman and best offensive defenseman well, trophy. It should just be just go and have. A, like an Art Ross Trophy version of the defense. Okay. Like, hey, here's the highest scoring defenseman in the league. Go Bobby Orr Trophy. You know, Bobby Orr led the league like in that. scoring, but he also led defensemen in scoring many times. Go the Bobby Orr Memorial Trophy or something. I don't know what you want to call it. He's he's not dead, so I guess it wouldn't be a Memorial <laughs> Trophy. But, you know, okay, so the Orr, the Orr Trophy. And then uh, the offense or defense trophy. And uh, then you go and you have the actual, like, hey, here's our the defenseman who was the most valuable defenseman on his team. That would be a better way. Who's the most valuable defenseman in the league? 
Because at that point, I don't think, like, it could still be Hedman, certainly. I mean, we'll see. Hedman's going to miss these games, and we'll see. But Giordano, to me, wins that hands down if it's the most valuable defenseman. Sure, at that what point, What team yes. needs that defenseman more than anyone else? Calgary. Yeah, and I do think it it also comes down to, too, I mean, it's going to be another situation where, like, you're not going to give it to a team that's maybe not in the playoffs, right? Like Keith Yandel, phenomenal year right now. Sure. But you're not going to give it to him because his He's team isn't winning. He's had a great 18 months. Yeah. Keith Yandel. <laughs> he really has. Or Thomas Shabbat, for example, another guy who's had a phenomenal season, yeah. but you're not going to give it to him because he's not in the... Right, exactly. Know. Yeah, and I, I I think there should be a trophy for the most points for a defenseman. It is, it's it's a, an important... I mean, that guy is, is so important on a team. If you get... I mean, Mark Giordano, he's so important, he's got a ton of points. Morgan Riley is really important. So is Brent Burns. Not all of them are... are see, I don't think Morgan Riley is a top five defenseman in the NHL. But can he put up points like them because he's got a lot of good players around him? Sure, right. sure, and he can he can maybe he's you know stretches his wings a little bit because he's got good really good players around him and he feels like he can take those chances because his guys are going to bury them and not miss the net, have it wrap around the net and go all the way down the other way, and he's trapped and they score against him. You know, you, if you have confidence in the players around you, then you're going to make take chances as an offenseman. It's going to result in more more points for you. Also, um, I vote if we call it the Bobby Orr Trophy. Let's give him a giant oar. Just this big yes. paddle. <laughs> just hand them that. I love it. Uh, let's, let's just shift to the Vesna because that's, you know, best for essentially we, we vote best forward, best, best goaltender. And, and now, uh, or best defenseman now, best goaltender. So, wh- where are you landing? Especially, I mean, Bobrovsky's now really taking the reins for Columbus. Does he put himself in the conversation if they go and win? Let's say they win their last eight games of the regular season and they, they find themselves in the playoffs and it's because of Bobrovsky. Does he suddenly enter the conversation for Vesna or is there someone else that you you think other guys deserve to be there? Boy, I think there are a lot of quality goaltenders this year. I think more so than any other year where I'm like just looking at these guys and I say they have to be in the conversation, right? So Vasilevsky, Bobrovsky, Right, number one and number two in wins in the league, and they they've got the the stats to back it up too. When you t- terms of like save percentage and other things like that, but then you have other goaltenders who have been just otherworldly because you know their team gives up either a lot of shots or uh, maybe the, the the defense in front of them just isn't as good. And so other goaltenders like that, I, I look at and say Ben Bishop or Frederick Anderson, right, who sees about a hundred shots a game against him, but still manages to put up phenomenal numbers. Um, and of course, you're going to see Mark Andre Fleury's name in that conversation as well. So, uh, boy, you know what? I, I think the league's going to give it to Vasilevsky just because yeah. how good of a season Tampa's had. But in my heart, I want Ben Bishop to win this thing. Wow, Ben Bishop to win the. I really do. See, I just don't think he's he's only played 45 games. I sure, and that's going to be a knock against him. But I just don't think that that's enough. And whereas, you know, you look at a you look at a other guys who and now okay, what if what if Montreal makes the playoffs? Are we going? It was Carey Price that got them to the playoffs. You know, no, he's, he's I mean, got a nine seventeen save percentage, thirty four wins at that point, maybe thirty five, thirty six wins. It's not otherworldly though, because then you can look at a guy like Jordan Bingington, who has a nine twenty eight save percentage of one point eight five goals against average. Hasn't played that many thirty games. Yeah, but still, I mean, twenty two wins. That's that's some good numbers there. And then, then of course, you're going to make the knock on guys like Robin Leonard and Ben Bishop too, because they also have phenomenal 
other goaltenders playing alongside them. Kudobin, Grice, these guys have been great this season. So, you know, it makes it very difficult to say that they're the reason, you know, this guy's the number one or this guy's the number one. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously in Dallas, it's clear who the number one is, but still it's like, okay, could they have been just as good with Kudobin all year? Maybe. Yeah, probably not though. Probably not, but, you know, there's still that chance. Yeah, and to me, again, if we want to look at this, like what goalie is the most valuable goalie to his team Darcy Kemper but they're not even the players I know, I know, I know. <laughs> now I, I would say that there's three names I, I Vasilevsky I'll put in there because he is so stinking good although I mean Louis Dominguez did win 10 games in a yeah, row so that's that to me goes and he had like a three goals against average though of those yeah. 10 games so I'm not so, get so that to, me, to me Vasilevsky is is in, is certainly has to be in the conversation I mean the guy got the guy has almost 40 wins this year Likely, but you know, if they if he wins his last two two starts, if they start him two more times, forty wins. That's a that's a great season. And only lost ten games in regulation, uh, which is you know far away from the next guy, Anderson, who's lost uh, fifteen for a guy starting more than fifty games. To me, it's Anderson, and then you're also throwing in either you know maybe Flurry. Does you know is Vegas as close or as far away from these teams trailing? As they would be if Flurry hadn't been so good mid-season. Remember when they they were struggling before right. they got Mark Stone? He was really the re- he was getting shutouts, and they didn't play. They weren't playing Subban a single game because his numbers were horrid. Were so bad. Yeah, yeah they were terrible. Yeah. So yeah, you had to lean on him so hard. And I'm glad he's finally getting a little bit of rest here. So hopefully he's fresh for the playoffs. Yeah, but also now at the end of the year. The way Bobrovsky's been playing, and he has nine shutouts. He's thrown his name in that conversation. Yeah, I, I think he's got to be in there, especially because, if Columbus makes playoffs. Yeah, I think that maybe where Frederick Anderson doesn't doesn't get in there, doesn't get in the conversation. He's in the conversation, but he's not top three. Uh, whereas, One shutout for Anderson this year. One shutout. Yeah, that's that's not good in my yeah. My but book. his defense is, I, I'd say, out of all the four, you know, Vasilevsky, Bobrovsky, and Fleury. He is the worst defense. I'll agree with you. Absolutely. Maybe by far. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, he's he's definitely had some uh, some high-quality scoring chances against him. And so to me, it's one of those th- those four guys are the guys for, for the Vesna for me. And, yeah, I, and I guess I'd, I'd give it to Vasilevsky because he truly has had a magical season. And you know, it's too bad he got hurt because I think we would have seen him probably play an extra 10 games and maybe pushing that 45, 46-win season, which is, which is like – up there in the top wins of all time for goaltenders in a season. So that's uh guys these days don't push those numbers anymore. You know, cause no. they're not starting 75 games right anymore. So, <laughs> well, okay. Uh, we'll just, we'll stick with those, those main awards. We'll go through everything once the season's over and we've a little lull between the season and the playoffs. We'll, yeah, we'll really deep dive into yes, it. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Uh, if you have, some thoughts, some things that you want us to talk about heading into the playoffs, let us know at OT Hockey Talk on Twitter. And uh, Other than that, enjoy these last three games of the regular season. And playoffs are coming, baby. They're so almost here. So freaking pumped. So excited. All right, guys. We'll talk to you soon.